This company's never been more profitable. You mean hugely profitable? I like it. Dayporter.com presents The Profitable Cleaner, a podcast on commercial cleaning sales and entrepreneurship. The one podcast that's not afraid to discuss real sales strategies with real cleaning professionals that produce real profits and real results. Here's your host, James Harper. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Profitable Cleaner Podcast. I'm your host, James Harper. Um, Listen, I'm really excited for today's episode. We're going to talk to you about three underrated prospects and just job titles um, that you should be looking for um, when it comes to finding new business for your commercial cleaning company. Um, Obviously, in the commercial cleaning realm, we always want to get in front of facility directors, property managers, and just you know the business owners that need cleaning help. We all understand kind of those general job titles we should be prospecting, um, but let's dive a little bit deeper and actually figure out other creative ways to get in the door when it comes to creating new business for your cleaning company. And uh, our our primary company, Day Porter, which you can find at dayporter.com, as you guys probably already know, um, we help solidify cleaning cleaning sales processes uh, for cleaning companies. So we have a lot of insight and just kind of back-end access and and data, frankly, um, into Um, the sales world and what works and what doesn't work when it comes to commercial cleaning. And um, throughout this whole process of running Day Porter, um, we have uh, found three very unique prospect job titles that I know you're going to be interested in. Um, And if you start having conversations and building relationships with these prospects, um, it's going to ultimately lead to new opportunities. So let's talk about those job titles and kind of how you can position yourself to open up the door um, to get that next cleaning contract. The first job title is one that you may or may not be familiar with, um, but I'm going to tell you exactly why we know this is important and how to position yourself. And that is starting up conversations with HR directors and HR managers. Listen, I know it's not your typical um, prospecting job title like a facility director, um, but HR, human resources, plays a huge piece into um, getting cleaning companies uh, approved and through the door. Let me tell you why. Um, It's not so much that they're involved in the day-to-day operations of the building like a property manager or a facility director might be, but they ultimately write the checks. They approve the budget. That's why it's so critical and important to not overlook HR managers, HR directors, director of HR um, when it comes to your sales process. Um, More and more, especially um, in this post-COVID world, HR is playing a thing, uh, playing a big role and a proven budget for cleaning contracts, mainly because we're seeing that facilities and bigger office buildings are now being very specific with a line item when it comes to cleaning in their budget. It's because you know cleaning is, is now being perceived as more essential and more important. Obviously, it always has been, but COVID has added a little bit of credibility 
um, for lack of better words, to our industry. And the HR professionals, when it comes to approving budget and approving, uh, knowing, just really understanding what's going on and where the money's being spent, they're now part of this decision-making process. Let me give you a great example on how you can out, uh, really reach out to an HR director and uh, start that relationship and start that conversation because it might be a two-person approach. If you're speaking to an HR director or, or you decide you want to reach out to an HR manager, the best approach isn't to pitch them uh, your, your cleaning service. That's never the best approach in general. The best approach is to ask for direction. Like, hey, Sandy, I'm wondering if you could help me out here. Uh, we're seeing more and more HR people becoming part of the bidding process when it comes to your company's cleaning because of uh, you guys approve the budgets and, and we just know you guys are part of that decision-making process. Are you the best person to speak with uh, when it comes to getting on a vendor list or uh, quoting uh, your facility for a new clean? Or can you help point me in the right direction? When you take that type of approach and you're asking them for help, more often than not, not they're at least going to forward that email or give your information to the person that's actually going to verify and vet you as a company. And then when it comes back, the proposal comes back to Sandy's desk. She's ultimately hitting approve and writing the check. Um, this serves really two purposes. One, it's not a strong sales outreach. Therefore, it's very welcoming and, and non-embracive. Uh, a lot of people feel comfortable doing this. If you have a business development person, uh, they'll probably feel comfortable doing this type of approach. The second thing is, if they do uh, forward your information to a facility director or respond back to you and actually give you direction on who the best person to contact is, um, what that does is once you start talking to the property manager or the facility director and it was an introduction from Sandy, the HR manager, um, now you've just connected two dots and you can reference both parties that know each other. So obviously you're getting the meeting with the facilities person because Sandy and HR um, re referenced you or recommended you or however that came about. And then once you kind of sell the facility director on like, hey, I think this is a good idea. Um, here's your cleaning plan. Let's let's get you a proposal. By the time Sandy sees that proposal, she at least has a little bit of familiarity with you. That goes a long way, guys. Having a little bit of familiarity with the final person that approves budget and might be writing the check goes a long way. So let's not overlook HR directors. And um, this isn't just us throwing out guesswork there, guys. Um, one of our oldest um, and premium partners at Day Porter um, a, a few years ago told us, hey, let's not sleep on HR directors. The biggest contracts that he ever got was actually from uh, directors of HR. So let's just keep that in our back pocket and always be developing those relationships because in the cleaning world, um, especially when it comes to managing a building or a facility, sometimes you just don't know who uh, really has the final say in that process. The second one here is uh, a newer prospect job title that we just recently discovered, but I know you've asked this question. We've definitely asked this question. How can we get into bigger office buildings? You know, those downtown office buildings that have uh, 300 office units in it and 10 floors. Well, guess what? Um, one way to get into the building here is through portfolio asset managers. 
That's right. A lot of people think commercial property managers or facility directors and uh, director of operations. Um, the truth is a lot of those big metropolitan buildings, those commercial buildings are owned by uh, real estate development companies and they have a portfolio asset manager that kind of manages and develops um, their next deals and manages their current properties. Um, so they have a portfolio asset manager that might have a portfolio of six, 10, maybe 15 big time office buildings in a high, highly populated metropolitan area. So why is this intriguing? Again, we're using kind of the let's get introduced to someone, open up the door and see where the deal goes from there um, when you're talking to a portfolio asset manager. One they are the primary contact and they manage all those assets. It's in their job title. Are they doing the day-to-day -day on those facilities? No, but they have to have a pretty damn good grasp on what happens at their buildings, what they're spending um, to keep those buildings running. They have an operating budget. They're really at a big picture controlling everything that goes on to make that building operate and function. To keep, they have to keep that building profitable and have to keep the doors open. So why I like talking with a, pro, a portfolio asset manager is although they might not be in the day-to-day -day, like a property manager or a facilities person, uh, they are going to be able to one, maybe give us really massive deals and maybe multiple locations, but they're going to get us in touch with their property manager. Typically a portfolio asset manager has a property management company in place to manage their um, offices. And it's really critical that we hit the radar of that portfolio asset manager, again, kind of like the HR um, director here, to where they can get us in touch with who manages the day-to-day -day operations of um, A, B, and C building. Um, sometimes you might get lucky when you're doing um, some sales outreach to a portfolio asset manager and they know they have a current need uh, because they have a building that's just getting its ass kicked with the cleaning and they have client complaints and, and commercial tenants leaving. So they might just say, yes, I, I actually have an immediate need. Um, but let's not bank on the home run best case scenario um, where I really like to position ourselves with portfolio asset managers is like, hey, listen, we realize that you have a portfolio of commercial buildings. Uh, one, we work only in the commercial space. We're accustomed and used to uh, servicing buildings that you have in your portfolio. And two, I'm happy to be a resource. Um, what's the best way to where um, maybe we start a relationship or you get me in touch with who manages your buildings to start a relationship if you guys ever need a commercial cleaning company? When you take that, again, non-invasive kind of just relational approach, I think things are going to start happening for you more than just sending them a one-pager and, and hoping that they pick up the phone and call you. Um, portfolio asset managers manage the big time uh, metropolitan buildings. And I know that a ton of our partners, a ton of clients we've worked with have always tried to crack the code. How do we get in there? Um, and that's how you get in there. You have to be, um, you have to have some sort of awareness and definitely relationship with the big boss. And those portfolio asset managers need to manage that asset. And if you can save them time, save them money, which if you have a good commercial cleaning company, that's exactly what you do. And you can essentially help keep their doors open. I can promise you that they will entertain a conversation. So use the influential approach. 
influence the uh, portfolio asset manager, try to get to the property management company or the facility director at whatever said location, and really start to piece together the prospect puzzle, as I like to call it, and see how those dominoes fall. The third one, and I know you guys have talked to this person before, um, and this is really speaking to the people. We just talked about big time office building, uh, metropolitan uh, facility type of jobs. Those are six figure, $100,000 plus commercial cleaning jobs. Let's kind of lower the scale here, um, but you can still find some really sweet deals uh, when we start lowering the scale. And let's just talk general business um, when reaching out to just the general business owner that might need commercial cleaning. Um, often it's really hard to get the CEO or the president to listen to um, a cleaning pitch. Um, I know that we've definitely closed business by doing that, um, but it's really hit or miss. There's no like, okay, we know if we talk to the CEO, we're going we're gonna to win business at maybe the, the 10 and under employee shop that might be a two to 5,000 square foot building. Um, there's no guarantee. The best way to get in front of, I think, an owner operator, someone that owns a business, has a brick and mortar location, maybe you get lucky and they have multi-locations, is actually, again, influence the person that influences them. And what I mean by that is talk to the office administrators, talk to the office assistants, talk to the executive assistants, because often with these smaller office buildings that might have 10, 20, maybe 50 employees, get and they and you get the pitch of, hey, we do all of our cleaning internally. Um, we have an in-house cleaner. A lot of the times I think that's bullshit. It's the staff being tasked with cleaning that smaller office space. That's just how it's set up. Like, hey, you need to take care of your trash. You need to make sure that your cubicle's cleaned. Um, maybe, you know, they have a rotating schedule. I've seen this at actually a job I had way back in the day to make sure that like the common area kind of lunch, staff lunchroom was clean. Like people had like responsibility of like making sure like that there wasn't a lot of, a, a lot of just like mess happening. Um, amongst the common area of the staff. Um, who's mostly tasked with like scheduling that out or trying to manage that? It's the office admins, the um, executive um, assistants, people that hold an administrative position specifically to uh, the office. And typically you have an owner operator, maybe has 10, 20 employees. He's got an office admin to make sure that everything's flowing and their job is to put out any fires and to deal with anything that that owner doesn't want to deal with. And I can promise you, as you probably know, a lot of owner operators, they definitely don't want to deal with commercial cleaning. Um, now you're going to fight the attrition and the objections of maybe that client's just too cheap to outsource their cleaning. Okay, we don't want to talk to those people. But there is a huge need out there of decent sized business that maybe they do have their staff take out the trash and manage some of the those typical cleaning duties um, and maybe they've outsourced in the past and had a bad experience and they've had to fire a cleaner whatever the case is they're just trying to find a solution and price may or may not be a, uh, an issue and a factor for them um, there's a lot of business to be won out there and they could be good reoccurring weekly cleans sometimes um, multi-weekly cleans Right. So um, or day cleans, I should say. Um, and 
every now and then you're going to get lucky. You're going to get very lucky and maybe hit a day porter job out of that because uh, maybe the business has a little bit more revenue than expected. They have more employees than we can see, or it's a multi-location job and they know that they need cleaning every single day. Um, we have seen uh, sm uh, smaller, what we would view opportunities actually turn into day porter jobs. So never write anything off the table, but really reach out to the office admin, the office assistant, the executive assistant, and see if you can't start conversation there and just learn. Keyword there is learn about their cleaning setup and then see how you fit that equation once you understand what they're going through. Guys, these are three underrated prospects that I think everyone should have in their sales strategy. Again, it's the HR directors, the HR managers. Get in touch with those portfolio asset managers, the people that own those big time, banging ass commercial uh, buildings in those downtown areas that everyone wants to be a part of uh, when it comes to the bidding process. And last but not least, let's not overlook the office admins, the office assistants, uh, the executive um, assistants because they have influence on the owner of the company. Are those smaller deals? Probably, but they're still good deals um, because guys, you know better than I do, it's all about having a strong pipeline for your cleaning company and we don't want our revenue to rely too much on one big client. So diversifying your client portfolio is key. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you liked what you heard today, um, a few different things. One, tell a cleaner to tell a cleaner. Um, all we do is talk commercial cleaning sales on the Profitable Cleaner. Um, it's what we know, it's what we're passionate about. We're really passionate about talking how you sell more deals and get more life-changing contracts for your commercial cleaning company. And I don't care what anyone says, there's no get rich quick scheme to this. It takes a lot of work and we break down the work that it takes. Um, if you're interested um, in learning more about how our primary company, Dayporter, can help you, head over to dayporter.com. But more than anything, check out the Profitable Cleaner on Facebook. We have a private closed Facebook group where all we talk about is commercial cleaning sales. And um, our goal is to be the number one resource in the commercial cleaning industry when it comes to commercial cleaning sales. So if you guys enjoyed this, like it, subscribe to it, leave us a review. We don't care. We're Day Porter. We are the Profitable Cleaner Podcast, and we look forward to speaking with you next time. Thanks.